history with Ellen. What would have been the point of telling Detective Heather that Ellen and Charlie had been partners in their public relations firm, Pink Sheridan? Or what a mess there had been when he died? I had made the mistake of thinking I could take over his position. It wasn't as if I had no experience. I had worked with Charlie when he started out on his own, and even after he had gone into partnership with Ellen, I had done a number of things, including setting up events and even some hand-holding. But Ellen was against it from the start. She claimed Charlie's clients were calling her and had no confidence in me. I always wondered whether it was the other way around, like maybe she had called them and talked me down. After less than a month, Ellen had dropped a check on my desk and said I could take it and get on with my life, or we could bring in lawyers. She insisted that buying me out was doing me a big favor. Charlie's death was still too raw for me to have the energy to fight her, so I took the check. Before I had even cleaned out my desk, Natalie Shaw arrived. She wasn't going to be a partner, just an associate which really meant doing all the work while Ellen got the glory. The firm was still called Pink Sheridan, but all the pinks had left the building. I glanced at the crochet three again and debated what to do. True, it had been Mrs. Shedd who had invited them to move their meetings here, and they'd hardly needed me for the few weeks they'd been coming. But now they were Ellenless, Everything had changed, and I felt they were my responsibility. They were just sitting there with their balls of yarn and metal hooks lying idly on the table. Ladies, how are you doing? I said, walking up to the group. Pink, I've got it covered, Adele said, giving me a look of dismissal. I tried not to clench my teeth at her calling me by my last name. She knew I hated it, which was why she did it but why show her that it worked? Adele and I'd had a problem from day one. She had been hoping to get promoted to my job, but when Mrs. Shedd hired me instead, Adele hadn't taken it well. Mrs. Shedd had given her the children's department and story time as conciliation, but it had just annoyed her. Adele wasn't a kid person to begin with, and the idea of having to read stories and be friendly was a real stretch for her. I ignored her comment and glanced at the other two women. I recognized both of them. Sheila Altman worked as a receptionist at the gym down the street, and it was hard to miss Cece Collins's hair. It was that reddish-blondish, slightly acrylic-looking color that never occurred naturally. It's just horrible about Ellen. She must have interrupted the burglar, I said, shaking my head for emphasis. Adele gave me a dirty look when she realized I wasn't leaving. Sheila Altman glanced up, the line between her eyebrows squeezed in tension. They've already discounted the burglary thing. It was just a setup to make it look like that's what it was. She was drumming her fingers at an amazingly fast cadence on the table. No surprise, really. Sheila had a definite problem with her nerves. She came to every signing we had that featured a book with anything to do with de-stressing, 
dealing with anxiety, or learning relaxation techniques. None of them seemed to help. But then she had a lot on her plate. We'd first met at the Dr. Wheel's Guide to Total Calm signing. I'd been giving out samples of chamomile tea, and when Sheila came back for seconds, she opened up and told me her story. Apparently her grandmother, who brought her up, had recently died, and now Sheila felt adrift. She had a boyfriend and seemed to be hoping for some kind of happily ever after with him, though it didn't sound as though it was going to happen anytime soon. In the meantime, she was juggling her job at the gym with classes in wardrobe design. Her dream was a career at one of the film studios as a costume designer. All she could afford was a rented room in a house in Reseda. It came with kitchen privileges, but as part of the rent,